Hey, this is Joe Lewis of Bonehead Weekly. Welcome to part two of our Ghostbusters episodes. To the right of me is my son watching the original Ghostbusters that you can hear on over, well, you can hear the movie playing right now, so that's how much we love it. In this episode, we're going to talk about the video game. Hey, <laughs> he's got his Western Kentucky Ghostbusters shirt on. Can you show it? There you go. <laughs> we're going to talk about the video game. And then we're also going to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, not only how much we love it, but there are flaws in it. So we won't take it apart too much. So this is part two of our Ghostbusters two-part episode. Da -da. You could just say that. Ghostbusters. I can't think of a better way to open an episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Subscribe. Here's Ghostbusters part two episode get down, get down. <laughs> get down. <laughs> welcome to bonehead brother. and the next thing we get would be ghostbusters the real uh which one was it called again guys extreme ghostbusters yeah extreme, well, extreme. Ghostbusters. i don't think we that's the next ghostbusters thing we got and it only lasted one season correct yeah yeah i've watched a few of the episodes of my kid now i know you you guys don't like it correct I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't, but it's not. It's not real it, Ghostbusters, right? I mm -hmm. want the rest of the crew together. I want the. It's not, it's not real Ghostbusters. I actually think it's kind of dark and edgy yeah, when I was extreme. watching. Well, I mean, and it's, it was extreme. It was produced. It is kind by, of is dark and edgy, though. Yeah, and it was produced by Richard Rainus. Um, and you know him mostly from The Simpsons. Uh, he also produced the ALF cartoon. <laughs> now, that's um, unwatchable, by the way. You can watch all of that on, I think, on Amazon. And I can't make my the kid. We can't make it through an episode. But his uh his his output in that area when the Extreme Ghostbusters came out was more towards like kind of dark related animated episodes. Like a uh, he directed the he he produced the the Men in Black animated series, which is again that is a phenomenal cartoon. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, uh, hold on, I'm I'm blanking uh rust big guy and rusty the boy robot all of those were kids oriented cartoons that were dark as hell and he kind of took that spin and did the same thing with extreme ghostbusters and made them overly dark and in my opinion they just didn't work as well yeah um it came and, out in 97 by the way i just wanted yeah to yeah it came out in 97 and that kind of led to the all the other ones i'm mentioning all um came after but it was, they were all in subsequent relation to one another. So yeah, it was all around that same time that all these dark century and that, and a lot of animated shows were going that route in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, were, were more dark, uh, storytelling. And he just kind of pushed that into the, the extreme ghost pressures route. Now it just, I enjoy certain episodes, but it just didn't have that impact on me that the original did. And I, I do like some of the characters in it as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, and it was a Ghostbusters fix for me. Yeah. And there's not another that then, it, then the brand's pretty much dead. So the cartoon went to 91 and then we never got the, and it was called Ghostbusters Hellbent. I was right. And it never really got shot. And then it wasn't until 97 that we get extreme Ghostbusters. And then it's dead till 2009. And what comes out in 2009? But, uh, but you know, for the, but, but the other thing, guys, that we need to mention is we still almost what every two or three years in between that time kept hearing that a new a new Ghostbusters movie was coming. It just never went away. Never went away. No. Dan kept whittling and whittling and whittling away at it. 
In 2009, we got what is one of my favorite, favorite pieces of Ghostbusters thing. Uh, um, it had script doctoring on it from Aykroyd and mm-hmm. uh, Ramus. Ramus, and it shows. It's got the heart of it. Ghostbusters, the video game, came out in 2009. It was remastered again, I think, two years ago yeah. for the newer systems. Still totally holds up. In the game, you do not get to play one of the Ghostbusters. You play the rookie. And my favorite introduction in the game is they're getting ready to introduce you into Venkman. And Venkman goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Egon, what is this guy here for? Oh, I brought him in to test the new equipment. I don't want to get attached. You're the rookie. (laughs) So he won't call you anything but the rookie. So you play the rookie. As a matter of fact, they did make an action figure of the rookie you can find uh, probably on eBay at this point. But it is a Ghostbusters story. And at one point, uh, Dan Aykroyd said it's effectively Ghostbusters 3. You play, so Walter Peck, the, the voice talent came back to do it, with the exception mm-hmm. of uh, a, a certain um, accountant. Um does it talk about other- why why Rick didn't because he also didn't do Afterlife? Does it talk about why Rick wouldn't do the video game? I am not. I've never found. I don't know. I know why that. he. I if so for a quick short version of this, and guys, correct me if I get it wrong. The reason why Rick Moranis just disappeared in the mid nineties is his wife got sick and died, and he had yeah. to raise his kids. Correct? Yeah, he became. He was. He, he was, was a single parent. And he was a great dad. He just said, "I couldn't do this and take care of my kids," so he decided to retire and take care of his kids. And yeah, that's but, partially, and I, I think that's what led to all of his decisions is it was family first. He did release a country music album not too long ago. I mean, a couple was it country music or was it polka? Polka or something. He's released several albums. He did do voice work for Disney. Uh, he's in Brother Bear basically doing the uh, Strange Brew characters. Yeah. The, yeah. So he's done that several times. That's the reason why I'm Chad. I was like, well, he did do other things. He wasn't, why didn't he do the voice in the video game? Uh, but it does have Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, and Ernie yeah. Hudson all come back to the voice. But what you know, they get Annie Potts, William Atherton, and most impressive to me, to return to do the voice of Vigo, Max von Sydow came back to do the voice of Vigo. And if you play the game, Vigo is in storage. They have the original portrait. They do a throwaway line about it went back to being Vigo instead of being the four Ghostbusters like it is at the end of the movie. And Vigo taunts you, but he can't do anything. It's him and the toaster are together in storage. And he, he tries to taunt you, and he'll occasionally say, if you will bring me this, and you can actually go out. It's a side quest if you want to do it. But that's all in the game. And so it basically the plot to it is, and, and Joe, I didn't realize this until I got home. And a little bit of a tie into Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know how a certain character that's referenced in the first movie, mm-hmm. we see him? You know where what that's model on? What how he looks in the game. Oh, really? Because he is when you cross over in the video game near the end. So basically, you find out there's this being called the architect. Mm-hmm. And the architect is on this other plane. He's basically in a parallel kind of dimension. And he is pulling these spirits together and he's bringing all this stuff back, which is why the Ghostbusters have to figure out what's going on, and they bring in the rookie to test new equipment and all that stuff. And a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man comes back. That's the end of level two, I believe. And you have to fight him again. So what's causing all this to come back? And they so they start to hear kind of among the paranormal, this, this architect is influencing things. Well, it is Shandor. 
uh, as referenced in Ghostbusters 1. And he is on this other plane of dimension. And when you meet him in the game, he very much looks like, a little bit of a spoiler here, what he'll appear like in Afterlife. And so as I went back and I thought about that and I realized, oh my God, talking about the, 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 the cartoon influence in Ghostbusters 2, man, Ghostbusters, the video game, go back and check the artwork. Matter of fact, it won't be visible here, but uh, this is a quick mock-up of what they did. It's impossible to see because of the lighting yeah, you... of what Matt, of what Shandor would look like, or it looks like in the video game. And then kind of like, a, kind of like a, a character from scary stories to tell in the dark. Well, and that's the first mock-up of it. That's when you first see him in the background, but when you meet him, quote-unquote, in-game, and he's playing the architect, and he, spoiler, he possesses some people in the game, um, it is very much the same thing that you see in in, in the... Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, so the game came out, and IMDb rates video games as well. It actually has an 8.5 out of 10 rating. It was a huge game. Matter of fact, I never pre-order games. I think it's silly because they'll be on the shelf, right? This was the first video game I actually pre-ordered in 2009. I have the premiere date of release t-shirt still in my closet. I, I tell my wife I just need to have it made into a quilt with my other Ghostbuster shirts, like the one I'm wearing now. Yeah, It's a pastiche on uh, the Gorillaz cover, album cover, except it says Gozer Days instead of Demon Days. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, the Ghostbusters video game, and I wanted to mention also that was a pretty big hit. Uh, it, it scored well. Again, IMDb even says it plays like the movie. Dan Aykroyd came out and said, "Hey, it pretty it's, much is Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 3. Three. Yep. When it was remastered, he came back and did new commentary for it. It is. I mean, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, you're going to enjoy playing the game. That being said. It was such a hit, other companies started to get in on it. There was an unlicensed um, game that got in trouble uh, that was kind of built off of Quake, but it was made to be Ghostbusters, and it was eventually released. You could download it. They got enough permission. Um, as far as first-person shooter style. That being said, we now live in a ga- day when there's I've got games apps on my phone. Beeline did a Ghostbusters app. It didn't last long. It never got completed, but it also tied back. And so it was literally just called, I believe, let me make sure I'm getting my title. Yep, Ghostbusters. It was by Beeline, was the company that made it. It was a mobile app. And basically what starts to happen is there's an apartment building and and each, as, as they updated, it would unlock more floors and you worked your way up. But what was interesting was when it first came out, you could only play the first five floors, but you found out that there was somebody that was intentionally targeting the Ghostbusters. Now, because it was an app and they wanted you to spend actual money, the free characters to play were four Ghostbusters in training. Michael Prince, et cetera, et cetera. If you paid real money, you could unlock the real Ghostbusters. That being said, what was interesting about it, it was kind of an interesting story. The uh, character in Ghostbusters 1 at the beginning that Venkman is testing, along with the uh, lovely blonde, mm-hmm. he is actually getting the cards right. Well, they made the entire game as centered around, in their version of the story, he kept seeing things, so he did have abilities, but because Venkman didn't take him seriously, he just thought he was going crazy, and he kills himself. And he comes back as a vengeful spirit, but somebody is telling him 
to target Bankman. So there's another spirit. And that was the outline of the game. You After you got so far in, you found out he was the bad guy, but then you found out he was being manipulated by another spirit. Now, the game got canceled before the story ever finished, which is a bummer, because I thought it was kind of interesting. That being said, oh, and Joe, one more thing. Uh, I should also mention, you mentioned 2009. That's glazing over a little bit. There was um, the comic book series, and there have been yeah. multiple... Ghostbusters comic book series, briefly, 88 Studios, which was named after a certain uh, car movie that goes 88 miles per hour and something Mm -hmm. happens. But they were a company that didn't last long. They had some legal trouble. But they did a series of Ghostbusters comics that were really, really good. And actually, most of the current ones, I think IDW is doing them now. Uh, Of interest, perhaps, to some people is IDW, they have uh, had crossovers now with, uh, I don't know if they've done Ghostbusters and Army of Darkness or not, but they do a pretty good job keeping that storyline going and doing it pretty convincingly. So, yeah, anyway. But there there have been Ghostbusters video games and apps and check those out. Playmobil has one now. Before we move on to to, to to the 2016 version, I didn't know this, and I don't know how accurate it is. It's on Wikipedia, so I'm I'm telling you now. I don't know. I think it's fairly accurate because I could not figure out how Ghost Core came about. Does that make sense to you too? Like just yeah. one day they were running Ghost Core. Like Ivan Rotman was a director, and the next day he's running Ghost Core. Do you guys remember this? And mm-hmm. it isn't explained. So apparently, following when Harold died in 2014, they pretty much killed Ghostbusters three. Or at least we thought it did. And Ryman at that time had been pursuing to be the director for Ghostbusters 3 and said, no, I'm done. You know, I'm not going to do it if Harold's dead. And he decided the creative control that he shared. So if you go see a Ghostbusters movie, most of the time it says based on characters created or most movies either a remake or whatnot, because John Carpenter talks about how he loves when they make Halloween because he wrote it and directed, he gets a check because he wrote it and for doing nothing so you see most of those times based on characters created by who the writers are not on ghostbusters it's got the two writers and who ivan reitman the director he had that much control so he decided to uh, that was shared by him i didn't know ramus and Aykroyd. i knew that but i also didn't know that murray controlled some of the rights did you guys know that no was a little holding the franchise back, he said, and they negotiated a deal with the studio to sell the rights. I didn't know that they sold them. He spent two weeks persuading Murray. Uh, Ryman refused to release details about the deal, but said the creators would be enriched for the rest of their lives and for the rest of their children's lives. And Aykroyd set up, he and Aykroyd were the ones that set up the production company called Ghost Corps to continue and expand the franchise. And the first, of course, movie was the 2016 reboot which was and they call it the female led reboot and that's it is what is directed by paul feet now i belong before we get into this first i'm going to say i've watched it i didn't particularly care for it when i saw it in the theater i thought the first act is pretty good and then it just got a ghost to hell from there i think leslie jones is pretty good in it and i think um kate mckenna kate mckenna is one of the most talented people working today in show business is just literally one of the most talented people working today, and she, she can do anything. I think she's a fantastic in the movie. I think Chris Hemsworth is fantastic in the movie, and it pretty much ends there for me. I've watched it now again, and my opinion of it has gotten lower from repeat viewings. I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but it hasn't gotten any better. Every time I see it again or see something from it, I like it less. <sighs> 
there's a lot to unpack with it because I said all that to say I belong to a few Ghostbuster groups on social media, Facebook, and some of the shit that some of these fucking guys write is awful about that movie. It yeah. has nothing to do with criticism. These are just trolls and turds. They, I could critique the movie for you. I choose not to most of the time because I feel like nobody wants to hear it. And they always come off as, well, I'm shitting on the, the lady one. But some of the things that these people write in these, are, and it's been five, six, five years are awful. Yeah. And it's just sexism and it's just hate and it's just rage and fuck them. Now, I don't like the movie all that well. It's not very good. But it's still just a movie. It didn't kill Ghostbusters. Jason Reitman says it actually made it easier for him to get Ghostbusters Afterlife done. Because then you could actually say, well, we can do X, Y, and Z with the brand now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and let me say one of the things that, so, and as I said earlier, I think one of the challenges for me as, as a fan of the, the original movie is, again, like I said, the original movie is a comedy, but it does have those serious movies and moments. And this one does play more like a comedy. Like even when a character is possessed, yep. and get out of my friend, you could have made some some serious thing, but it did. It's a comedy. And by the way, Paul Fee is, is talented at making comedies. And I do also want to give credit because um and 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 uh my kids were obviously of a certain age when this movie came out. They were excited to get to see a Ghostbusters movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. That never gets taken away from me, right? I mean, there's photos of me at with them at the theater. We're standing in front of the sign for the movie, and they loved it. They loved it because it, that got to be their Ghostbusters in theaters. Yeah. Mine was Ghostbusters too. That's the first one I got to see in theaters. That was theirs. Yeah. That was and and they didn't. You know, I don't let my kids get on the internet and read troll comments. I didn't, especially at that age. They were young still. And, you know, they, they didn't know. And they, it never occurred to them that, oh, is this an all-female reboot? They didn't care. It was no, Ghostbusters. It's, it's, yeah. And, and so I, I will say, and I like part of what the movie tried to do. I think it's interesting that round, I don't necessarily like the way it plays out in the end, but I like the concept of this guy realizing, oh, wait a minute, if there's ghosts, you mean Rowan? Last... You're from Rowan County, but he's yeah, named Rowan. Rowan, Rowan. I'm sorry. Uh, Rowan is where I'm from. Sorry, <laughs> but Rowan. I think Rowan's interesting. I think that's fine. If you knew that, hey, if I die, I'm a ghost, and maybe as a ghost, I get more power. I mean, that's an interesting. It's a criminally missed. Not not to shit on that actor, but don't you think they needed someone with some gravitas for that role? How do yes. you know who I, I who, who I actually would have loved to see do that? Who? Honestly. And it's who popped into my head when I watched it, Jack Black. Anybody, I mean, and the guy, the guy's a fine actor. There's just he's not the main villain. No, you shouldn't cast me in that role either. No, no, but I, I think there's a manicness needed. Like there's he's 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 obviously twerked, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't think about. But anyway, I liked that they took that, and I think that's one of the things that I will defend it. It was a pure comedy that took some risk with it. And again, if the people are critiquing it, as you were saying, Joe, well, the problem is it's all women. No, no, there's, there's, I mean, as you were saying, it's, and again, 
will I still watch that movie? Absolutely. My kids occasionally will say, can we watch it? Yeah, put, put it in. Put it in. That's fine. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a comedy. It's, um, it's fun. It's fine. The, the special effects in it are fantastic. Yeah. They look great. They really do. Yeah. Um, I mean, they look fantastic. Uh, the, the opening of when they're in the mansion, that's hilarious. That's funny. That works great. Kate McKenna, Chris Hemsworth, uh, hilarious. Leslie Jones, hilarious. That movie falls apart in the third act. And on top of that, the main issue I have with it is that I feel, and I am right about this, why on earth did they make it a remake? If they could have just did X, X, Y, and Z, and the fans would have been less pissed. A lot of these trolls have been like, if, and because it's set up in the original movie. Well, I don't want to talk about Afterlife yet, but it's set up in the original movie. You could have just said, well, they defunct and they franchise and these women want to open it up and they do it later. Why actually do it that way? Which is actually how the Ghostbusters game ends, by the way. If you do play to the end, there's a cut scene at the end of the credits of the video game where they come in and be like, listen, we only, we're we're overstaffed. We only need the four of us. Uh, so we're going to put you somewhere else, and they they send you basically to establish a franchise in another place, and that's the end of the video game. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree, and I, I I think there's even to me there's there's even workarounds for that because there's even that line where they believe you know there's there's a throwaway line about we think actually EVPs are coming from other realities, and at the very end in the credits, you, you could have built more of that into it. Yeah, they yeah. set themselves up for failure to me when they say, nope, this is a remake. We're not it's something totally different. This is, I just, it doesn't. Well, and, and you mentioned this before, I think when you first saw it in theaters that you, you were a little bit more okay with it till they tried to remind you of, I think you called them remember berries. Remember berries. Oh yeah. That's was my complaint too, was the fact that. Don't give me stay puffed. I don't when, when, when the movie was just them, because I disagree with Joe on this part in that I also love Kristen Wiig and, and Melissa McCarthy's characters. I think as, as, as when the movie is focusing solely on them and Chris Helmsworth, of course, the movie is, is, is hilarious. Um, I think it's funny. I think, I, I think them as, as, as a group work well. It's when a, when they say it's a remake, but then they put everything from the first two into this one and they just cater to the fans because they were so worried about rather than reaching new people, they also wanted to make sure that the old people were somehow satisfied. Well, how do you do that as a remake? I don't understand it either. I, that's, that's where they failed it. They did. And, and then you lose me on the hilarious. I really think Melissa McCarthy's awful in it. And Kristen uh, Wiig no, has I, like one funny throwaway line. I, they, it's, I have you know, no. I, I do think, and again, it goes to your point a little bit, Joe. I think they did interesting stuff because they're not parapsychologists, right? They're not psychologists. They're physicists. Yeah. Th- those two characters are. Yeah. They're physicists. And I think that's interesting. You've now brought in people that, you know, they're trying to physically prove that ghosts exist. I think that's interesting. I think there's, there's, there's a lot there. And part of me, now there is a, there is a comic book series that plays with that last line of, you know, they hear the EVP uh, allegedly coming from a parallel universe and it says go through, and that's how the movie ends. And there's a comic book series, um, and I'm forgetting what the comic series was subtitled, but it actually does take the Ghostbusters all meet, right? They get pulled into this thing and it works really well as a comic because they actually deal with that, that, you know, they, these are, these are not 
it's not a remake right it's these are characters that exist in a different plane and they have a different take on things than the yeah. original do they're physicists not parapsychologists yeah. they're not worried about the ghost motivation whereas you know they're raised having that moment of well we need to figure out how this connects to, and you know they're like we just have to stop it we don't care and so i think you know because i'm a nerd and look at all the comics and all that stuff it works better when you have time to let that breathe and flesh it out but the movie never let it breathe yeah. it never it never gave it that window and again i'm not uh i want to make it clear i'm not crapping i enjoy it it's just a comedy. I it's a comedy and, uh, I, the one I do agree with Joe though that as as I've watched I've watched it two or three times after the the initial viewing I saw it in theaters with Joe, and uh, when I saw it in the theaters there were parts where I was laughing my ass off and I, I can't and I loud. yeah there was some yeah stuff. I was enjoying it but then that third act man oh it just the everything balloons, went to man. shit the, the balloons, balloons parade the clowns and then all of a sudden it went into the Matrix style fighting of the ghosts I'm like no that's not Ghostbusters what are you doing and they don't explain how the ghosts work of the and they just zap them they don't as necessarily catch them in the trap that you got to you back to this thing make your rules you can have whatever rules you want yeah and stick follow to those fucking rules because everybody's yeah. getting pissed and here's my last thing I want to say about this movie and then I'm done talking about it forever. I just assume. I mean, I own it. It's over here on the shelf. My kid loves Ghostbusters. I show it. it's a little too much for him because the special effects are too. I mean, there's a couple of places he can. But I hate eighty percent of the cameos in that movie. Yeah, exactly. That's that was my that was going to be my next thing before we left on the the only the only cameo that works. Dan Aykroyd's awful. Ernie Hudson's the only one that works. Ernie, it's the only one that makes sense. Yep. Well, I Harold's. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the bus to Harold. That's yeah, it. Yeah. But you know, I, I, by the way, I read somewhere. Uh, I guess the Gorneys are moms. Okay. Yeah. 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 But you know, I, I think that's one of the things too. And again, it's what? not. It's, I don't remember it. She's it Kate shouldn't be mom. a gender thing. It's after the credits. Same thing. Uh, uh, did I miss some, I must have missed something in the it, credits. It is, Chad, it is. It's actually one of the things that d- did, like. Uh, um, off the topic, trolls. guys. I thought I was petting my dog's head. I just rubbed its asshole. Well, well, her asshole. Sorry, the 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 the. Uh, I think one thing that the movie did, and I'm not saying it's wrong for doing, it's the, their movie. Do what you want, uh, and it didn't bother me. But I did hear people in the theater groan when it. Speaking of the Sigourney Weaver scene, because that movie was pre-hated, which is wrong that it right. was pre-hated it was pre-hated, it was pre-hated. I mean, as soon as as soon as the trailer started to come out there were people going to imdb and voting it a one star right and by the way i had a hard time with it when it first started because every time i'd see something i was like it just doesn't well like ghostbusters and i was two ghostbusters too uh but <laughs> but because it did have the ghostbusters in it i'll give you that but no i i think one of the things that that got some groans in the theater and speaking of the Sigourney Weaver role, was that line that she has where she is, you know, she's the mentor of Kate McKinnon's character. Oh, is and, it the mentor, not the mother? I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's the mentor. It's a teacher who taught her to make all the traps and everything. And she has the line, what are, what are safety warnings for? Safety warnings are for dudes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I... Oh, now it's coming back to me. Okay. I don't I don't have an issue with that line. Matter of fact, I thought it was actually a pretty good line. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind and in the theater, I heard 
some guys go, really? Really? Like, and so I think that's one of the complications with it. You had a you had an audience that went in angry. And I don't care what you're going to do. If you if you know your audience is going, you have, and I'm not saying you cater to, to critics either. I don't like that. I don't have a solution. I will defend the movie. I own it. I want, actually, we have the special edition to death, blah, 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 all that stuff, because it's Ghostbusters. And because like I said, I watch it as a comedy. Um, and and by the way, if if you know one day in the future they want to revisit that and let it breed some, will I be in the theater for part two of that? Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm interested in it. I, I still think there's life in that franchise, that version of the franchise as well. But I I don't know. I just um I mean, let's face it, quite frankly. I'll watch the filmation Ghostbusters, folks. If it's well, Ghostbusters, I will, I will too. Out. Yeah. So really, so to end this here, so we can get on the afterlife, the and because we've gone a while, the the movie made decent money. It made over a hundred million dollars. The problem is, and Dan Aykroyd has said this on multiple occasions. Other people have said this too, not just Dan. That movie went way over, but they spent almost a hundred and fifty million bucks on that picture. There's well, a whole dance sequence at the end that's not in the movie. Can you imagine? Thank God, it's you, not. Yeah, but can you? I mean, there's. They still could have cut another. Sequence. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, but, I, I. It just. I don't. It just doesn't work for me for the most part. Well, but uh, by the way, and that was one of the things too. I read an interview, and I believe it was Bill Murray, where they asked him, you know, why did you agree you want to do Ghostbusters three, but you did this one? And he actually had a comment that I thought was interesting. He said, when it's a new cast coming on, he said, if I don't do it, it's me saying I don't trust them. And I thought that's really interesting, right? Like he, mm -hmm. he was, and I was like, that's, that's, I mean, hypothetically, let's say we keep doing this show for 20 more years and somebody comes along and says, listen, we, we want to buy you out. We're going to read you. We're going to give you a younger cast. Do we have to wait 20 to get bought, bought out? Of I know, I'd man. like to have the boats in the hose now. But keep I, I agree you know while i can enjoy one of them give me my give me my roses or flowers now please yeah yeah, yeah. i don't need them on my gravestone no. uh, but you know the uh but uh, anyway but I, and i was saying about that i was like and if they said listen we want you to come back once every six months and do an episode like i, I was saying about that i was like yeah i guess i would have to have that moment where i'd be like well you know obviously if i'm getting too long in the tooth to do it and do it well but i want it to continue would you show up would you do it maybe and so anyway, I thought that was interesting because I'd never heard him talk about it that way. Yeah. Well, so this leads us to this didn't work out really well. And I had no idea. You didn't have any idea. No one had any idea that Jason Reitman right around the same time was developing his own damn screenplay with Gil Kennan for a movie because he had fought against not only not making Ghostbusters, Jason Reitman's the son of Ivan Reitman, but not making Hollywood pictures like his dad had from the jump. We're talking yeah. about the guy that gave us Juno, Up in the Air, Thank You for Smoking. Nice. Some really good movies. He's a really talented filmmaker, but he would been, I wouldn't necessarily call him anti-Hollywood, but he's definitely of an independent vibe. Don't you gentlemen agree? Oh, yeah. And for him to just one day i don't know anything about it you two don't know anything about it and then all of a sudden the internet blows up and i watched the trailer the first time i was like you're shitting me this is fake right this is fake and then no it's not fake 
they're pretty much shooting it under the name Rust City. And we're getting another Ghostbusters movie made by the kid of the director of the original Ghostbusters. What are the odds? It blew me away. I mean, I, I didn't see it coming. Especially, Especially when, you never would have convinced me that Jason Reitman was going to give me my Ghostbusters, for lack of a better way of putting it, guys, three. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, and, and, and this is an important caveat here is that for fanboys that pay attention to Comic-Con news, we had been led astray so many times by a certain Reitman. So if you were paying attention and if you were a comic book fan, even after Ghostbusters, what's now called Ghostbusters Answers the Call, came out, when it didn't perform well, because originally they said, hey, they signed on for three movies. They signed on. Oh, and something else we forgot. We were going to get a proper sequel with a new generation of Ghostbusters to the other one, right? Do you remember this? Yeah. Who was it? Who was that guy? Who's Magic Mike? Do you uh, guys remember the movie was going to be made? And then the movie Channing Tatum. Out, Shannon Tatum, right? It was a, him and somebody else, correct? I thought it was Chris Pratt, wasn't it? One it was point. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. This was going to happen. And, and so that movie, when it didn't perform, uh, let me get my dates right on this. So, um, 2016. No, it was Jonah Hill. No, it was no, Jonah on, Hill, I think, too. At on some August point. 10th, 2016, Hollywood Reporter expressed doubts about a sequel being made because of the mediocre performance. When they asked a box office analyst about it, he said, I just can't fathom the creative talents wanting to go back and where. And he was referring to, uh, 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 mm-hmm. Fig, McCarthy, Wig, all of them, how much work they put into that and it not getting received well, wanting to waste their time, quote unquote. That was his terminology, not mine. Paul Feig actually um, still said he'd go back and do another one, but keep going. Uh, but they were saying slogging out another one. And, mm-hmm. and again, uh, I have dreams of writing a novel. I've got about four that are at about 200 pages and I still can't finish. Mm-hmm. And I've been do- working on some of them for 10 years. I, I can't. Isn't imagine. that more of a novella? Shut up, Chad. <laughs> listen, let Brian the dog from Family Guy tell his story. Listen, listen. <laughs> my version of Iron Eagle 3. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but Aces, by October of 2016, Eagle they interviewed uh, the Bustle, interviewed uh, Feig, and he said that the sequel was not in the works, but if the, it performed really well on home video, they might consider it. Um, by November, he was saying that there would not be a direct sequel. However, that same month, and this is what I wanted to get to, Reitman, that would be the father, literally said something that got me excited. And it obviously did not come back to pass. And here was his, here's what he said in an interview at Comic-Con. Uh, an animated series, Ghostbusters Ectoforce, was going to be targeted to be released in 2018. He further clarified plans for future animated films within the Ghostbusters franchise during the the, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, including having one set from the viewpoint of Ghost rather than the Ghostbusters, and a tie-in to the 35th anniversary that would be released for the 35th anniversary. Now, that did not happen. Mm -mm. But we have never got that animated series either. And so I would love to see, and by the way, if this happens, happens to get picked up by somebody who knows somebody and you show it to somebody 
that had anything to do with even the initial planning of Ghostbusters Ecto Force. I would love to hear about it. That'd be cool. So, so anyway, we, we had been misled before. Yes. Promise was were made and not delivered. For 30 so, years. Yeah. So so to your point, Joe, about that, uh, about seeing the trailer and going, is this real? Is this real? Is this? I mean, it, it felt like an elaborate April Fool's. Like we got our hopes up, but we had gotten our hopes up so many times. And it's a good trailer. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a good trailer. Which made it that much more likely to be a fake, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost too good. It's almost too good. So if you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, now's the time to turn us off. Go watch it. Come back and subscribe. You've been warned. I did a review for Ghostbusters Afterlife for Scarefest. In that review, I was going to do X, Y, and Z, sum a bunch of stuff up. I can't. I'm not going to do that here. Go feel free to do it. But what I'm going to tell you is a short version. I cannot review Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm too close to it. The movie was made for me. It was made for Chad. It was made for James. It was not made for a big population, I don't think. It was made for us. It is impossible for me to separate my emotions from that movie and do a legitimate review because I'm going to be very honest. A lot of what I've read, critical review, I don't know is necessarily wrong. Yeah, And I've said it all out. And there, I know Chav's like shitting on it earlier. And I was like, listen to the Roger Ebert thing. It was, well, he's just being cheesy with his words. But some of the reviews I've read and a lot of the complaints, I'm listening to it going, all right, part of it is you don't have an attachment to it. And two, yeah, don't pick at that movie too much. It will fall yeah. apart. And a lot of what you're saying is correct. But that movie wasn't made for you. Yeah. It, it's it was made for me. It's and it was so needed in my life. I know it's just a fucking movie. I know. No, 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 no. I was going to say, but Joe. I needed it so bad. I needed it not to be something. I needed it not to be 2016's Ghostbusters. I needed, I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it's a different place in my life. I don't know if it's revisiting my childhood with my son. It was everything I needed. God bless him. I can never thank Jason Reitman and Gil Kennan and all of them enough. Well, I was going to say, and I, I say it three that. times now in the theater. Saw it twice the opening day, once with James, once with my kid, and then I took my kid back two weekends ago. I, I, I will echo what you were saying. And, and I think to that point, um, you know, honestly, and I'm, I'm going to sound sappy, but I mean it. I, I think I agree with you. It was the movie that I needed. I think after. And like you said, is it COVID? I don't know. I, I can't tell you if it's that or or if it's just because I hadn't had a true, if I hadn't just seen Peter Vinkman on and Ray Stance and Winston on the screen. I can't tell you. It's probably a combination of all those things. But yes, well, back to your I, dad. I didn't mean I to mean, I, mean, I, I had lost my dad, I, all that stuff. And, and not again, I guess we're going to spoil a little bit. But I mean, that movie deals with what does that mean? And what's about death? On, yeah. And what? I mean, it's called Afterlife for a very good reason. That being said, and I, I know you've made allusion to this before, and I, I, I loved, and I will, by the way, again, listen, Sony, Columbia, whoever needs to hear this, 
if you want to give me a movie where it's just Dan Aykroyd in a Ghostbusters costume uh, sitting in the occult bookstore making recommendations, you're going to get my money. I will show up. Yeah. Ghostbusters raise a cult bookshop. I'm there. I, I'll watch. The I wish they do a limited series like they do that for for Disney Plus with all the fucking Marvel people. If they just did raise a cult for like four or five episodes, would you guys watch the shit out of that? Oh my god! And, and all the weirdos rare... that come in and maybe you know, I've weird. got it. You know what I want? I want Angela Lansbury basically <laughs> doing her character from Bed Noms and Broomsticks, trying to find that mystical book, yeah. and Ray trying to help her. Oh, that's I'll good. Watch. Oh my god! Every Let's go episode. sell it. Ghost Corp. Call us up. Yeah. Yeah, I, but anyway, uh, no, I, so you're going to get my money. But that being said, and I love seeing those characters back, but it would have worked without them too. And that is something, there's something to be said for that. That there's, movie was, Chad and I talked about it, James, when he went and saw it the next day. You still had your girl in the car, right? Chad, you just walked out. Yeah. And Chad and I, said both agreed and i know you and i talked about it earlier what did we say chad it's great that they were there but i would have probably have cried one way or the other that yeah, yeah, no. just worked yeah that's one that was one of my main problems if if you want to put if you want to poke at the movie i will poke at it this is the one poke uh and i told joe about this is i felt like their appearance in the movie was a little it's all fan service. Slapped it on. It, it was comes like, a little late. They it it's a little come, late, but also too, they just appear. I'm like, how did they again? It's one of those Hollywood cliches that bugs the shit out of me. Of they just walk up and hey, we're here at the right perfect time to help save the day. Uh, but they don't. They don't. They, they, don't. they fuck up entirely, you know. <laughs> they get the shit kicked out of them. Thank God for podcast. And you know. <laughs> Which, by the way, and, and again, and I, they give him stuff. Then Ray walks up and goes, "Do you know you just single handedly?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and there's so many. The, again, it it are there parts of that movie that's fan service? Yes, but I also yeah, I love so much. The but it, they, they did a they did it a lot better than the 2016 version. Well, and it's accessible, right? I mean, yeah. you can take somebody, and, and Joe's right. This is not meant for people that haven't seen Ghostbusters. But if you took somebody that didn't see Ghostbusters. They could still probably have a pretty good. Uh, and I disagree with you all because I had that experience. I have not shown my daughter one or two. I haven't. I just never. I, I There were parts of one that I was hesitant to show her because I know how my daughter is. Um, so I kind of held off. And I'm like, this one can. And I did show them the, the 2016 version, which they both loved. Um, uh, so I showed them. I, I went and took her to this one. And not having any context for the movie, she fell in love with it. I would, I was looking down at her, and she was smiling ear to ear. She loved, she loved everything about that movie, and she couldn't stop talking about it afterwards. We were at a restaurant. We met my, we met my wife there, and she proceeded to sit there and tell my wife everything about the movie. And it was, it was making, it was making me like smile. And I've promised her we're going to now see, we are going to now show, I'm going to show her one and two. Um, when we have our private time, because my youngest daughter is still too young. She gets, she gets scared at nightmare before Christmas. So obviously I can't show her Ghostbusters. What you need to do, Chad, is bring her over and let my four-year-old who for some odd reason will mansplain Ghostbusters to any man who walks through. <laughs> It'll oh aggravate God, the piss raising... out of her, but I'm going to sit over in the corner and just giggle when he just mansplains. Yeah. Not, just you're... do it to women. 
Okay, well then he's just jerk splitting. That's not just he's Joey. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's just a jerk. That's he's fine. Just a jerk. He's just a little asshole. That's fine. I mean, as long as you're doing it to everybody, as long so, as you're equal opportunity about being a jerk, that's fine. So back to Ghostbusters Afterlife. We'll go through it. I don't want to. Well, actually, we're going to talk about. I um, I I've admitted this more than once. I'll say it in here. I cried. I'm here. It's I cried a little bit at the opening. I had no idea that that was going to be the opening, that that's what we would get. So what we do is we open up on a truck running away. And if you're a fan of the movie, you know who it is. Right. It's Egon. And you at no point in any of those trailers, we knew it was going to be about Egon's family. We could clearly see that. We had no idea that Egon, who Harold Ramis is dead, was going to be in the movie. Right. Now, that leads me to one other thing I want to get out of the way real quick, and I hope you both agree with me. I am on there. I do not normally agree with bringing someone who is deceased and bringing them back for a movie service. I think it works in Rogue One for me a little bit with with, uh, but this movie did it better than any movie I've ever seen. It didn't give Harold any lines. And it's not Harold Ramis. It's Egon Spangler. Right. And his daughter, Violet, has came out and defended Jason, Jason Reitman, saying, I was involved from the get-go. Jason was nice enough to show me the script, asked me if I'm okay with this. And she has said unequivocally, so everybody who's a lot of, this is the one thing that the critics have bitched about that I I take umbrage with a little bit because they're not doing the research. They're just pandering to their audiences to be what critics do is she has said dad would have loved it they made him thin (laughs) don't know harold loved food back to the whole lazy comment earlier this has been said more than once i'm not calling him lazy man made many great movies we're not even we didn't even talk about the rest of his career we could do a whole in fact i wouldn't mind doing a whole episode on harold grams that being said they made him thin he looks good yeah. And that's Egon. That's not Harold. Those right. are two totally different things. Well, and, and I'll be honest. Listen, it's it's. I think about this, and, and again, this is just this thing circle around my head. And the movie, if you're a child that saw Ghostbusters and you had that connection to it, because I struggled with this thinking about it. I think I even asked you once when they first announced it, do you think they're going to do something with Egon? And and it's how are they going to just dub him in or something like that? And I was worried. I, I was honestly, my, I didn't think they'd have the balls to do. I never, yeah. it didn't occur to me that he would have him in the movie. That was my favorite character growing up. Like I said, I was, oh God, it was it's also know. Jason Reitman's favorite character. And, and, and looking at that and thinking about that and, and then to see it, but have it done. I mean, like you said, it's Egon. It's not. Harold. He doesn't speak. It, no. But he doesn't have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, no, I think, it's told beautifully. And I think that's the thing about it, though. And, and just thinking about, and again, like most people do, I'm bringing my own experiences into this. I'm bringing what has happened in my last two years of my life into this. And I'm just being transparent in a way I normally wouldn't be. But hey, it's our show. I'll do what I want. That being said, it's, it's this idea. Wait, wait, of, wait, wait. Define our. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my show. It's a 60, 60, 40 split. Chad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to qu- hold on. Actually, Do the math me, later on the 40. 
let, let me let me do the never quote. mind the 60 60 hold on let, let me take my toe let me count my toes let One me do the quote correctly okay. listen listen to keep you out of any tax trouble uh chad joe and i took your part and divided it up amongst us to keep you out of any tax trouble oh actually i was going to do serenity uh take the nothing, nothing. Uh, carry the nothing add the nothing uh you've got nothing <laughs> you've got about 400 hours of youtube videos that nobody's watching james keep going but no so so ghostbusters afterlife really just i mean i think well i'll just be transparent if you were a fan in the 80s yes you've lost somebody by now yes and and that story carries weight and that idea and like i said my father worked away from home and so that entire subplot line of you have somebody saying dad was never here when I needed him and all of that stuff just to find out why, yes, why. And so that back and forth and, and even the, the little, A, if you're a fan, there's tons of things in the background. Egon has brain scans up on his wall, which of course tie back to, it would have worked too if you would have stopped, stopped me. me. Um, the toaster from Ghostbusters 2 is there. There's, I mean, it is, if you're a fan, you're going, oh, there, there, there. You can do that all day long. But it also deals with the fact that, hey, things were up going on. There, there were issues. There were challenges. We have to look at all of this. And it also made me go back and think about the other movies. Because it was actually something I always wondered, why, why? when we go back and we look at Ghostbusters 2 and you see Egon with Oscar mm -hmm. and then you realize as, as Jason Rotman has pointed out Egon's daughter would have been in the picture by then mm -hmm. so that, mm -hmm. that interaction with him and the baby and some of the weirdness about it takes on even a new role when you can make a movie 20 years more than 20 years later 30, 30. years later 30. And you can make that movie 30 years later and make me go back and look at something and go, oh, this scene now has a new context. That's a pretty powerful scene. James, I, had, cool I hadn't thought about it that way. I've been lucky enough. I, you know, both of my best friends have lost one of their parents and I've been lucky enough to have both of mine, even though they're neither one of them. I'm an only child and I wouldn't say that I'm either one of their one of their favorite children. Oh, can you tell my, uh, your mom? I said thanks for sending me those cookies. They were I delicious. Definitely will. I'll <laughs> remind her that you're neither her lover nor her child. I'm her love child. Never <laughs> um, I never thought of it that way. I think another thing that hit me is that I, when Harold died, I didn't know him, but I was such a huge fan. It bothered me, but I don't. God, this is going to sound so so sappy i think it just it didn't hit me till i was watching it in the movie yeah does that make sense to you too Because especially alive. the first time i was watching it because to me he is alive he's alive when i put on ghostbusters he's yeah. alive when i watch ghostbusters too he's here when i watched uh, vacation because he directed vacation he directed caddyshack he's in strikes there are so many other things he directed analyze this the man made a bunch of good movies not knocked yeah he's in knocked up he's dad he's the dad i i just i don't know it just hit me and that whole scene with him getting away and then him dying and then his hands falling and then we watch his spirit lift away right or we see that no. we see the spirit we see yeah. uh -oh. and we see the pke meter open up 
his hand oh, jabs. God. He Are does still protest too much. There, there we go. Back. Yeah. Okay. So, and we see he dies. The hand drops. And we see the PKE meter go off. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's good imagery. There's not one spoken word. And we get the whole plot of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, but it's also, and it, it actually kind of addresses some of the issues, right? So this, and the animated series, by the way, did this a little bit, as you were talking earlier, Chad, mm-hmm. about the good spirits and the, the demons and all that stuff. Yeah. But it also kind of addresses one of the things that people said about Ghostbusters, if you're doing a philosophical critique, wait a second, if this is the way things are supposed to be, why are they messing with it, right? I mean, if we die and we go on, what does that mean? And you see that. Egon doesn't become a bad ghost. Egon's still Egon. And that's the only case in Ghostbusters where that actually happens. And, and then, and again, I guess massive spoiler here, but what happens at the end when his work is done? He leaves. He leaves. And he, does a Patrick, he does a Patrick Swayze. Yeah. And the movie ends. Yeah. The movie and matter of fact, it says, for her. I mean, there's still a scene afterwards, but what does it say? For her, for her, the movie, the camera pans. He, for not to give anything away, he he hugs, he he puts his hand on his grandson's shoulder. Uh, Wolf, uh, I can't remember the character's Finn. name, Finn, and then he gets down and hugs Phoebe, right? And then he hugs his daughter, who's crying, and everybody's crying, and he disappears, and the camera pans up, and it says for Harold, and the movie's done. By the way, and actually, we could have done I mean, another 10 minutes. You know, there's another 10 minutes of the Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters are, by the way, showed up there and they're there now. You know, there's at least 10 more minutes of footage that they shot, but the movie ends when Harold disappears. It's Harold's story. Well, I mean, it's Egon's even, story. I I'll keep saying Harold. I'm sorry. It's yeah. Egon's no, story. Egon's story, but I also think one of the things that I love about the way they handled it was when Egon shows up during the Mm -hmm. battle and you get to see the Ghostbusters lined up again, the original Ghostbusters lined up again and they're focused. They're trying to fight. Mm -hmm. Winston's the first one to see Egon and it goes down the line. It actually reminds me a little bit. And it's also seen this tied into my pop culture means a lot to me. The original oceans 11, when they realize that the money's being burned spoiler mm-hmm. for that film but and they all do the look slow look down the line that being said winston sees him first and winston finally gets his due in this film yes well, very much so yes but he also you also get bill murray playing venkman in a very venkman like way and i'll be honest knowing the challenges those two individuals the real people harold ramus and bill murray had bill murray on. had that little line of i thought you might show up i don't know why but it kind of got to me yeah i it got to me when uh, afterwards winston tips over and goes i miss you man yeah almost lost it right there in front of my daughter oh yeah yeah because I, it makes me think about i mean you you do like like joe was saying not everybody you work with done all your career is going to mean a lot to you but when yeah. someone does and you yeah. think about what work is work for most people is where you spend a third of your day yes eight hour work day usually by the way nine but- oh god somebody somebody said that to me at work in my 20s and it never dawned on me and it so depressed me <laughs> but 
that <laughs> that makes it valuable when you do find people that you, you enjoy being with. yeah yeah and that you actually have a connection to that it's not just this is a person that i work with but you have that connection to where you can say i could talk to this person about you know my sweaty boot rash or whatever um well the reason i and this is not about by the way chad it's back and I, it's oozing more and i think i don't know is that a good sign chad? you have never wore a boot in your life oh i've wore boots sir okay hold on well boots. now listen, now they, angels you, wear boots i would say no no fairies, I wore boots, fairies. Sir. have you seen uh pretty woman yes little yes. known fact her boots were borrowed from me okay real it quick turns out we both have the same shoe size look it up but not the same, not the same calf size, which is why you can never wear. <laughs> I enjoy. I have games. Back to your games. I agree with you, James. Absolutely. I never thought of it that way. The reason I, James and I used to work together a couple of times, but the reason I have stayed specifically in the last three years in my particular position, other than the money, the fortune, the fortune, James, fortune and glory, is that I actually genuinely like and care about most of the people i work with day in and day out yeah every, every and, and it's a, a fortune and, uh, and it's every, a ple- and well that's not true but it's very pleasant it's nice yeah. there's some of them are my friends you, you get to this point and, and to that point and I, I say this now because it's something i realized i had my evaluation for my job a while back and one of the things that the person doing the evaluation said to me and it actually meant a lot to me was I'm not talking about you, the professional. I'm talking about you, the person. What can I do to make your life better? And, and, and I said, that was like, I think you're doing it. I think when you have an environment that actually cares about you and actually takes the time to know you, it matters. And so, again, tying this all back to Ghostbusters Afterlife, it was the send-off to a character that I loved from the animated version to uh, everything else. But it also addressed the fact that, you know, I'm not quite Bill Murray's age. I'm not quite Dan Aykroyd's age. But, you know, it's given all things, to borrow a line from Star Trek Generations, there's probably more days behind than ahead. Yes. And with that in mind, it, it made me start to, you know, it, it did a great job of saying what what is valuable. What is after life what is and what is the value of life as you live it and and so i mean as i watched the movie and we've been talking a lot about the egon side of it but the character the new characters the spengler family well before we get there back to the ending i I, so so all three of us had an emotional response i had an emotional response at the beginning a little bit where i lost it now christy watched it with james and i and Christy loses it at a different place. When the camera, when we start to pan around Phoebe and he's there with her. Yeah. And kind of bolsters her arm, right? Bolsters I mean, her arm and he's holding her. Yeah. That's where I was. Yeah. Yep, lost it. Just lost it. Christy loses it. Uh, when they're going down the line, you're talking about, I thought you'd show up and but yeah. raise face. So my, one of the problems I have with the movie, there's a few. One is the scene, one, some of it, but a lot of it deals with Paul Rudd. Not that I don't think Paul Rudd's awesome. I do think he's awesome. And I think he's fine in that movie. And he's, he's, he's perfect. He for plays a fanboy. He's a great ghost, but he's a great character for a Ghostbuster film. But when they get together 
that scene could have just been cut. Him and Carrie Coon, the mom, when it's and it's 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 a little too much fan service. It doesn't need to be in the movie. That's one thing. But back to what I was saying, he says that line, and then I don't care for Ray. I don't care for Dan Aykroyd's acting in the scene where she calls him up when we first meet him and he's at Ray's occult. If some odd reason, I don't think it's a good performance in that scene. But he, the end of the movie, I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's and he that look he gives when he sees it. It yeah. you do you see it? He's crying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know that Ray's crying or if Dan Aykroyd's crying because I can't tell the difference. Or both. Or both. Or both. I mean, or I both. think there's. But yeah. he sells it. Bill has one too, but it's not quite. It's not that it's bad acting. It's just Peter Vinkman. Yeah, I can't tell if that's Dan Aykroyd or if it's Ray Stance crying when he looks yeah. over and he sees it and he becomes it. And then the whole "I'm so sorry." Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm getting choked up about it right now. Yeah, well, it's and impossible I, for me to separate myself from the movie. I think, and, and no, you're absolutely right. And I think that that's that that scene packs a punch again. No matter who you are, if you were bought into these characters. Because in that scene, you know, where he tells what happened, you know, what happened with uh, Phoebe yeah. calls, says what happened, calls Ray at the occult bookshop. And he said, you know, he basically says, Egon Spanger can go to hell. Egon Spanger, Egon burn, burn in, in hell. hell. Burn in hell, which is the yeah. line from Ghostbusters that Vinkman burn in hell. Yeah. And the uh, thing. but he, uh, he, you know, goes back and forth and he t- explains why and he gives you a little backstory. But it does make me think about again. I think it's it's an impactful scene because I think we've all experienced that at some point, right? Either something we did was misinterpreted, or we misinterpreted something that somebody else did, right? And we burn a bridge, or at least we damage something, and maybe it's repaired later on. But I think that's why that that scene works. And no, I agree, Joe. That is a hard scene to watch because, again, as a kid five-year-old me idolized i loved egon and i loved ray yeah like honestly i loved ray because he was the kid right i mean he's the one sliding down the fire pole or winston says at that post-credit scene where it sets it up is that when ray was the heart egon was the brains yeah 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 and and so uh, yeah that that and i do love the uh you know the the little bit that it does give i guess talking about the end the, the like Having met Ernie Hudson a couple times at conventions. Very nice guy, by the way. I encourage yeah. any of you all to go up and meet Ernie. He's he's great with fans. He is. And, and that's what made me think. Like, I am so glad that scene. So it's a little spoiler here. Ernie's the one that's doing the best and by the time of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And they give and, him, they make that character whole. Yeah. You find out that he's the one that has been trying to keep it alive, keep everything going, Supporting taking care Ray. of it. Supporting Ray, as I say, yeah, I was going to say taking care of Ray. I mean, effectively, because he even has a line where Annie Potts tells him, "You're still support, you're still taking care of uh, Ray's book uh, cult and all that stuff." You'll turn. And a he profit. has the line, "It will eventually turn a profit. Give it time." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "That's a faith. That's a faith yeah. thing." And so it just shows. Uh, go ahead, Chad. No, uh, so I'm going to poke holes because this is I, again spoilers. This is one of those parts that bug the shit out of me in the movie and I could not let it go even afterwards. It still like just poked at me, poked at me so hard. Is this the Starbucks? 
the Starbucks. Yeah, I don't know, I know why he there's says that it. throwaway line. Why but, the fuck is it, Ray says it's a Starbucks, but clearly Winston owns it. There's no way that yeah. You know, but is that I mean, in all fairness, the firehouse Chad, is what we're talking about. Generally. Yeah, the firehouse. Yeah. But in all fairness, Chad, isn't that a throwaway cultural line? Everything's a Starbucks now. I mean, I've I don't know. He physically said it was a Starbucks. Starbucks. He does. I think it's built. I I I have a hard time believing that that Jason Reitman sat on this movie for a year and a half. Knew that line was there, knew the line was at the end, and knew that they don't go together and didn't know what explains it later. Yeah, yeah, I hope. I guess, but, I mean, at the same time, are they really going to go out of their way? I, I don't know. It's just – Ivan Reitman said he's going to – not Ivan. Jason Reitman said he has a plan to explain the Ghostbuster 2 symbol too. So, I, I, again, quite frankly, by the way, and Jason Reitman, if you happen to hear this, I'll be shocked as hell. But if you happen to hear this, you've earned my good faith, buddy. You yeah, don't, no. You, you make You're your good. next movie. I'll be there. You want to make another everything that we're complaining about? We're not really complaining. It's just we're movie geeks and we're going to pick everything apart because if, yeah, yeah. If if it wasn't because I almost looked and said, "Wait, that's supposed to be a Starbucks," and I realized my daughter, who's seven years old, is standing there. She did not catch that, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm not going to talk about this with my daughter." But I was just going, "Why is it, it was supposed to be a Starbucks?" <laughs> no, I. But as Joe said, I mean, honestly. I'm taking my kids to see it. They haven't got to see it yet because we've had theater. But uh, as soon as I can get around my daughter's theater schedule, we're gonna, I'm going to take them to see it. And honestly, I, 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 I mean, again, one of my favorite films is The Seventh Seal, and I can pick it. It. That being said, that doesn't mean I love it any less. So I mean, you know, there's a oh, lot. Yeah, of no, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's one of those themes that that one of those things that bug the crap out of me that I could not, I could not shake. I mean, it did not impact my love of this movie at all but it did bother me that just like joe said with her ripping off her clothes and her oh, having just the, the dress that uh, the the starbucks line bothered me more listen gozer has a very specific uniform and expects its servants to wear yeah and also what? that you could pick that apart too because when she she's not possessed anymore it just possesses the daughter and don't the daughter it does not possess the daughter, but the but the but the son's girlfriend, and that yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense because aren't they supposed to have sex to bring back Gozer? To blah blah blah. I mean, yeah, it don't don't pick at it. Don't. I'm no. not picking. I'm no, not, no, just, I'm just, just saying it out the loud. The ticket, you. take the ride. I'm talking to the audience at large. I get why they kind of did that so the mom could throw the switch and then get the hug. Yeah, that's yeah. that that's the reason why so she can ha- come full circle and find because she finds out right before she gets possessed anyway by 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 a terror dog that her dad had been following her kind of creepishly <laughs> joking. but i mean at the same time and again it's, it's what always runs through my head i mean now it would kill us all but if we knew the only way we could preserve our family's lives yeah. was to go in the middle right. of nowhere and do this god we would do it cursing screaming but if you if you honestly believed, and matter of fact, I do love that that you know one of the going back to that exchange with Ray and what you find out later on, Egon was right. He was the brains. He knew what was going to happen, and nobody believed it. But I oh, that's just another scene that I don't even know that we need, or we at least we could have cut a third of that scene out. No, no, but but I love this idea that you know. Ray was always the believer. Yeah. And then Egon is coming with this and says, you know, we've got this is looking like this. And and it also does address, you know, what I call, 
and I, I've called it this since I was a kid, superhero syndrome. Yeah. Everything happens in New York, right? I mean, Marvel Comics, more or less. I know there's exceptions. Don't come at me with your West Coast Avengers, Chad. But <laughs> but Marvel is New York, right? I mean, yeah. for the mo- majority of stories, Spider-Man is New York, all of that stuff. I mean, we, and I'm not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm not knocking that, by the way. I love those stories. But it is one of those things, like, give me one guy. Like, I always thought of this as a kid, right? Like, if Spider-Man would have got his powers in Moorhead, Kentucky, what building would have he had the option to swing from? Manon? Is that Cartmail, bitches. Yeah, there he goes. He's swinging around it again. Everybody He's waiting. Around Cartmail. He's got Everybody nowhere else to go. He's got nowhere else to go. Um, so, anyway, it, it would be a different set of stories, which is why I say that. But I do love, and again, this is one of the things that Jason Reitman credited Paul V. It did open it up. Your story doesn't have to be in New York anymore. If you can change this and this, I can change the location. Yeah, and it works very oh, well, which oh, yeah. leads me to another complaint I have. They got one of the greatest character actors of all time who is in several Jason Reitman films to play Evo Shandor, and he's on the screen for 30 seconds yeah. before Shocker goes or rips him in two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it's funny, kind of, but it really pisses me off. I wanted more Evo Shandor. Yeah, I, I, but my entire thing is, I think it's one of the things that, quite frankly, it, it is as you all were saying earlier, it's kind of a throwback to the original movie, right? Because you wanted more Evo Shandor, you got thirty seconds of Evo Shandor, you got thirty seconds of Gozer being Gozer. Congratulations. Well, yeah. and the yeah. other thing is, is that okay? So Chad and you, and we're all right. We don't necessarily need the original Ghostbusters for this movie to work. Here's another thing. I don't know that I necessarily needed Gozer back. No, I, I, I think. Especially I, since they already did it in the video game. Yeah. Well, and, but I also do find it interesting and fun that we did get Evo Shandor as, because it begs the question, it answers that question that of, okay, you build a tower in New York. You didn't mind that stuff in New York, right? Right, and you didn't definitely didn't get that much of that one type of thing in cerulean or C- yeah, yeah, or whatever. selenium or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, cold Rudiger's, of course. Yeah, but you, so where was it? Where and I love this idea that again it it makes it even creepier because the original set it up as creepy. Shivo mm-hmm. Shandor is creepy. But it makes it that much creepier to think like I would, again, if, if somebody wanted to do a limited series, give me the Evo Shandor series where he's yeah. running this town, where he's manipulating these people. And then this idea, and, I, and you still see it in the film, right? These people still feel stuck there. Yep. Leave, are you ever going to? And so give me that origin story. Give me, you know, the Evo Shandor Chronicles. Right. I'd watch it. I was going to say, isn't that dairy? <laughs> It is kind of, it could be. So I guess we probably should start. We've been doing at this for a little over three hours by the time we split all this up. I, what's the actress's name again? Who plays Phoebe? Oh, Oh, uh, I wouldn't know her out of it's Catherine or Kith or something like that. I wouldn't know her outside of that man, outside of the hair and those glasses. And if my life depended on it, when I saw her on a television show, I was like, well, first of all, it's been two years and she grew up. Is it McKenna Grace? McKenna Grace. Second of all, 
that movie is almost damn near perfectly cast when it comes to those kids. McKenna Grace as Phoebe had me the whole time. She carried that movie. She carries that movie, guys. Uh, yeah, I love know, after, the character. She's so good in it. I will say this: after I after I got home and looked up McKenna Grace online, uh, online, I didn't realize she was Christmas Flint from Troop Zero, which she's now becoming one of my slowly favorite actresses because she she is amazing in Troop Zero as well, and she's also uh, Tanya Harding and I Tanya. I wish. Um, yeah, she's uh, from eight to twelve. She's placed uh, Tanya Harding. She she is a very gifted actress. I never Big heard girl. of her. She doesn't look anything like Phoebe to me in real life. No, and if you look, if you watch her in Troop Zero, that's why I, I could not. It doesn't look anything like her. She is. She carries the movie. She's amazing. I just such a good performance. So cool, and the kid that plays podcast also really good. It's just McKenna Grace, and she sings the song at the end that doesn't suck. Yeah, it's a little poppy. She's the yeah, Chad. She wrote and sang that song. Didn't know that at the end of Ghostbusters, the ghost blah 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 blah. That's her. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't either. And the guy, guy who played podcast Logan Kim. That's only his second film. The other thing he was in was at Home Movies, The Princess Bride that that Ivan that Jason Reitman did over COVID. Yeah, he talks yeah. about finding him, and he said he was the most professional untrained actor he's ever worked with so you want me to do the x as as a 10 year old you want me to do this 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 yeah that's okay <laughs> i it's well, they're just perfect uh those two specifically i i'm with you i could have had a whole movie with them would i have said later man i wish they could have somehow worked the original cast in but i understand yeah but yeah. i'd have been happy with it yeah yeah, no, it's, and, and by the way, I'll revisit them anytime. You you yeah. want to do a sequel and we go back to the, the dirt farm? Yeah, sign me up. I'll be there. So that goes to probably as so we should go out at the end of credits, the post-credit scene, there's one mid-credit scene where Bill and Sigourney have a moment, which is nice, and it kind of you kind of believe that they're together now. Yeah. And it's funny, it's a callback scene. Uh, the other scene is the end credit scene where we clearly, this is Chad and I said this, and I can't remember James where we talked. This is one of the best bridge movies I've ever seen in my entire life. You can mm -hmm. go anywhere with Ghostbusters from this point forward because we have, at the end of it, we find out, we've already found out Winston's a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Well, he's talking to Annie Potts and it kind of, you don't know, was he actually sending money to Annie to take care of Egon? It kind of hints at it, right? Right. And it uses a cut scene from the original Ghostbusters to, send, to set up Annie or to set up Janine's love for Egon. Well, and too, it also, it explains why he, this, what I mentioned, this, uh, this, the scene where he goes, I miss you, man. He mm -hmm. knew he got, he, the other two didn't know he was gone. He yeah. knew. Yeah. So we kind of get a hint at it. Uh, basically what Jason Rotman has said is that he would prefer Winston to be basically the Tony Stark. Yeah. As we go forward for lack of, and I think that's the best way to put it. He, he, he misses the car. He gets to be, he gets his moment with the car. It's not Ray. It's Winston going, what have they done to you, baby? I, I'll get you home and clean you up. Yeah. And we see well, that's how it was in the animated show too. Right. So we see him driving, we see the car driving across New York, and we finally get the song. We get all these musical cues, but we don't get the song to the movie's over. Right. 
and we see the car driving into the city and then we get the song and then finally at the end you know he's talking about ray was the ray was the heart egon was the brains peter was the mouth or the entertainment and i i was the sex appeal and he's making a joke and he goes i i may be this this and this but being a ghostbuster gave me the ability or gave me the confidence to become everything i've become and not be afraid to not be afraid and i'll always be a ghostbuster and he and then we cut to as chad's right he said earlier ray said it earlier in the movie that the firehouse is gone it's a starbucks and we find out it's not gone and that winston and you, somehow owns it go ahead and you see there's still the the right unit right and okay. the final shot so he pulls it in the car is being pulled in and then we go down to the depths of the of the firehouse and you see the containment unit and the light is flashing red yeah right. and the movie ends where could we go, gentlemen, from this? Anywhere. We can talk about the Ghostbusters franchising out. We can talk about dealing with New York ghosts again. We can talk about introducing. We could go back and revisit Phoebe. Honestly, Phoebe's story is kind of, we could be done with Phoebe and yeah. her story. Yeah, we could. Yeah. I mean, is there a way to tie her into something else? Or it could be, but I could see a movie that had nothing to do with this one and just has and it only need winston actually i kind of wish it would be ray and winston yeah well and i think ray i, I think ray gets to go back into being uh, to keep the tony stark reference yeah. going ray then gets to be you know for lack of a better term using the marvel reference the chosen one right, right. he's the keeper of the books he's the one that's going to train people he's the one that's going to say oh this is the specter you're looking for. That he sounds is, like this. Or this. Yeah, he's the Egon in the Extreme Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. right. He's the one yes, that's going to keep that information. He's the one that's going to be, and you're going to have. Yes, you've got the financial planning and all that stuff, and the, and and Winston becomes the heart, given that speech that he makes. Mm -hmm. But it's Ray and his obsession with the occult, and 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 then that pays off that line. What'll pay off eventually? Yeah. Right? So does Dan, has Dan said on record, I, I can't imagine him not wanting to do it. Although he has said in multiple interviews that the only character he actually would like to replay again is the Conehead. I mean, that's, that's his favorite character. That's, that's the one he says is most representative of him. Uh, wow. And how he feels. Well, no, I mean, which is, by the way, why he would be a good Python, right? I mean, it's it's it's. He says the conehead is the most nonsensical. Of, it's fun. It's nonsensical. Yeah, it's the conehead would be the one he'd want to revisit. So, do I, you, I, 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 he's. I don't know. Has he said that he'd love to do more? I don't. I don't. I don't know. know. I haven't. I haven't seen anything from him. I did want to. Given this, I, I had a question I wanted to ask to wrap up the show, or as a potential way to wrap up. The show. This is fine. I think we're wrapped. Unless Chad okay. has more to add. Nope. Okay. No, I'm good. This is a question I wanted to ask. <laughs> Except you. I want to know. I want to see these boots. They're just made for walking. Christopher and dancing. Uh, anyway, um, what I wanted to say was, let's say hypothetically, dream scenario. We've talked about this before. We would love to play in the Ghostbusters sandbox, like we would start. Yes, Wars, we right? would. Yes, but now I have the opportunity to go do whatever the fuck I want. Well, and that's what I was going to say. So let's say hypothetically. They come to you and they say, here's this infinite check. Checky mm -hmm. is here. All you have to do is tell us, and let's assume no contracts were an issue, nobody. Name, you get to make your own Ghostbusters. The requirement is you have to have four of them. Mm -hmm. 
you can set the movie wherever you want. What four people would you want in your Ghostbusters movie? Assuming it can't be oh, anybody that's in any of the other Ghostbusters movies. I can give you the plot, but I can't give you the people I'd cast. See, I, I I go back and forth on plot, but I was thinking about this, and I'm like, there's some people I'd love to do. Who are I'd they? love to see in Ghostbusters. Um, honestly, it's just because I, I he handles drama so well, but he also does slapstick so well. I'd love to see what John Turturro could do. John Turturro is a Ghostbuster. I can imagine John Turturro as the janitor they get to clean up. Maybe, at, oh, and that's it. I just want to see him in a Ghostbusters movie. Like, what do you think, guys? The slap and stop, he's always pissed about the shit that's yeah, left. That's, well, the slapstick in Brain Donors and where he runs his mouth so fast in Brain Donors. But then you get Barton Fink, right? Mm-hmm. You get uh, There's just so much there. Um, so that's one that came into my mind. As far as, you know, um, I, I, that was the first name that came to my mind. Chad, do you have any ideas? I'll come up with my other three in a second. I, I'm... So are we talking about anybody? Anybody. At any point gender time? doesn't so matter. Are we, to, doesn't no, matter. I mean, are we talking about if it's cast today, like people who would be believable in the role of Ghostbusters? Well, are we talking cast about today? I would still do John Sir. I don't care if he's 64. He could totally bust some guts. But go ahead. <laughs> Oh man, James, you, you've caught me off guard, man. I don't. Well, know. that's what I wanted to do, but I thought it was. Let's say they came and they said you get to pick the next, or you each of us gets to do a franchise movie where we create a new office. What I love Chris do? Hemsworth. It's unfortunate that he's already been in one. I think he's hilarious. I, I think Crimson Chris Hemsworth can do damn near anything. I I would be okay with him being a Ghostbuster. I'll talk a little bit about what I'd like to do for movie wise. I'd like to do the sarcastic version. We've now had the heart. And what I mean by that is not, I guess it originally wasn't plot that I said. I said, I've got it worked out because I was thinking about this in my head and I was thinking of lines and things that I'd like to do. I'd like to go out, do the cynical, sarcastic version. And I don't mean that it'd be sarcastic about Ghostbusters. I mean, those people yeah, who, who are trying to make a buck yep. and not the heart and who have to. And then at the end, so this is what it would be. My version would be the cynical, sarcastic one where they have to at the end either which would be harken back to them the third act of of having to offer themselves up to save the world yeah and that not necessarily being in their character i've got two off the top of my head um donald glover and nick offerman Oh, oh, Nick Offerman's good. Nick Offerman, I could tell. Totally not that see. the Donald Glover's bad, but I like Nick Offerman. Yeah, I think Nick uh, Donald Glover has that that range of playing both, you know, serious but at the same time like completely scared of the of the uh, in the in the situation that he's in. So I think those two would be great. I always go back to, I don't know why, and he's not one of my favorite actors, but I think Michael Sarah would be a good good casting possibly. See, as a role of a ghost. I, you know who I was thinking about? Who I was going to add to my John Turturro. So here, here's what I was thinking, Chad. Hear me out on this. We get uh, John Turturro. We get Johnny Galecki. Um, uh, and we get uh, Zachary Quinto. And, you know, just, just for good effect, uh, we'll throw in... You know, I, I want another kind of older actor in there. So uh, let's see, who who could we possibly get to make that work? 
Uh, oh, I do want to, I'm, I'm going to throw in another one too. I want to throw Jason Manzukas in there. Who's Jason Manzukas? You'd have to look him up. It would be, oh, that guy. He was in The Dictator. Um, oh, okay. He was the, yeah, the opposite of Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh. Uh, John Noble. Then, There's my cast. John Noble. Noble. John Turturro. Yeah. John, John Noble, Noble, John Turturro as the older guys, and they bring in Johnny Galecki as a younger guy. With, I also think uh, Zachary Quinto. Instead of go. Jonathan Galecki, I would put Jake Johnson. Okay. By the way, the correct answer to all of this, if we want box office guarantee, is The Rock, and every other actor is played by The Rock. <laughs> the Rock, my, Michael. Uh, uh, oh God, uh, shit, John John Cena. John <laughs> oh, Cena who who, who is the guy from Keanu Reeves? Who's the guy from Eastbound and Down? Let's get him in there. Oh, uh, the guy who wrote Halloween. Uh, yeah. Danny McBride. Danny, Danny McBride. McBride. Let's give Danny McBride a Ghostbuster position. I, I'd watch that. Man, there's just so many, and we didn't even talk about all the women. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the entire, I, like, honestly. I thought I about thinking, throwing Amy Poehler in there, but I thought that was too on the nose. See, yeah. I was thinking about throwing in uh, Christina Ricci, and that's just for me. <laughs> I No, I mean, I, honestly, I would totally watch that film. Well, I'd really like to have Kate McKinnon, but she already did. <laughs> so, yeah. She really is. I'm not being sarcastic. I think. No, she, she is the anything. most talented. Yeah. She can do anything. I've, she's one of, she's the best person to come off Saturday Night Live for me in the last 15 years. I just think she's capable of doing anything. Who is another one though? How about Dame Judy Dench? <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh my God. Actually. Judy Dench she, is really funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's hilarious. Actually her and Matt or Dame Maggie Smith. I'd take either one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should say real quick, and, and I know if you're still listening, we're shocked. But if you have never listened to us before, because we mentioned him several times, go on to Facebook right this minute and follow Bernie Wrightson. He has passed away, but they left his website up. They still update it. He has been sharing, or his account in his honor, has been sharing his original sketches for Ghostbusters, yeah. the original one. Because he worked as a storyboard artist and a, 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 oh. a designer for it. Great female actress to play Ghostbusters, Catherine Hahn. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that, is that the chick from uh, the chick from Division? Very 2021. <laughs> yes, that is that is uh, oh. Catherine Hahn. From How about Samara Weaving? Y'all left out Samara Weaving. Could do oh, whatever my God, she wants. James. You're, yeah, James wins. Tomorrow we can do whatever she wants. Actually, you know what? Daniel Radcliffe. Let's just basically do Guns Akimbo. Oh, seriously, Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> would play a good Ghostbuster. Oh, yeah, I no, yeah, no. I still, I, my kids actually, because I think it's all right. Like, so now we're just listing off every single actor, actress. No, I, my kids no, were, I we listed the funny ones. Daniel Radcliffe is another funny guy. My kids were, by the way, were near, before Halloween. We were like, oh, can we watch some horror movies? And I was looking at ones that were PG 13, and the woman in black came up because it's PG 13. That may be can, too horrific for them. I'd say, can they say, can we watch that? I'm like, that one gets to daddy a little bit. That one gets to daddy a little bit. Like the, the ending, daddy, daddy worries about you kids a lot. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can watch that right now. I'm, I'm good. Um, but no, no, I just, I thought that would be a good way to say it because, like you said, Joe, that's what I was saying too. We are at a point where, where you could do franchises, you could do, and I would, I, I, I love that. I love the idea of it. Um, you know, and 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 again, credit as Jason Reitman said, credit to Paul Feig for opening it up. Credit to mm-hmm. Jason Reitman for opening it up to where now ghosts can be wherever you want. 
mm-hmm. and whatever that looks like and whatever that means. And and I, I, I again, I'll say my final sappy thing. I guess I love the fact that you know my kids loved Ghostbusters because I loved it. Like they watched it with me and they got into it when they were younger. But I also love the fact that they now have this, like you said, it's a bridge movie. They have their Ghostbusters now. Like it's fine. It's good. And, 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 mine, and my son's Ghostbusters is this. I took, yeah. we went, we went, met you. I left immediately took, or I immediately picked up my kid from school and watched it the second time that afternoon with him and his Ghostbuster outfit with the Western yeah. Kentucky Ghostbusters out front taking pictures. He And 30 minutes into the movie, he gets in my lap and he sits there and Christy says we had the same look on our face for the rest of the film. Yeah. He never said a word. He asked a question. Well, I guess he might've asked a question or two and we were totally engrossed at four and a half. Yeah. And I, uh, I can't thank them enough for that. No, I was going to say, like I said, I saw Ghostbusters the first time when I was five, it came out in 84. So it probably hit beta max when I was five, 85. And I saw it then, and it stuck with me since then. And and to see something like that stick with other people, like, I mean, my kids love it, but I gotta admit, it's really cool that Quentin loved it, you know, that your son loved it. That it's it's something that it's and I he read, and, it, and it and he has invigorated my love for it. I mean, it's not that I necessarily forgot about the movie or didn't, but for some odd reason, when I found out this is something I talked about. I'm, somewhere else when i found out that i was going to be a dad the first thing i found and wasn't looking for it it just was there was a stuffed stay puff that was the first thing i bought for him and the first movie i kind of showed him that when he was really too young was that that he kind of got into and i kept having to re show him the stay puff sequence because i kept saying i think he thinks that's the hero yeah. And then he's just not let it go. And but, I mean, he doesn't feel that way about if you ask him about Star Wars, he goes, hey, daddy likes Star Wars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I it's, do. It's, it's by the way, though, it, it's one of the things before the video game came out, they were doing an interview with Atari. Atari handled the release of the video game. Uh, and they were doing an interview with one of the Atari marketing people about, oh, is it cool to do Ghostbusters? And they said, you know, not to make this overly sound like a business decision. But we did a study and we sent out these symbols like the McDonald's golden arches and all that stuff. And we found that around the world, as far as fictional symbols go, the no ghost symbol is, I think they said the third most recognized symbol in the world. And, and so I'm like, what a great thing that you, you, you know, your, you, our children, Mm-hmm. I'll throw mine back in this as well. I mean, my daughter has a little Ghostbusters pen or whatever. And when she goes to school, people see that and be like, oh, you like Ghostbusters, right? It starts conversations, it breaks down walls. It's yeah. and so again, thanks to Jason Reitman, thanks to everybody that worked on Ghostbusters through the years, because it has been something that has broke down. That and my Star Trek nerddom. I mean, if you're in that circle. It gives you something to start to talk about. It gives you an access point. It makes it easier to relate to people. And that's the power of pop culture. And that's why Ghostbusters is cool. Yep. Anything else to add, Chad? No. That's a pretty good way to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all. I know this is long. This is something I've wanted to do for a very long time. I'm 
thank the other two for indulging me although i think we all wanted to eventually do ghostbusters but it really is something i wanted to do for a long time wanted to start and kind of go as the phrase goes from pillar to post no i'm just ready to do my three-hour episode of garbage pill kids that was the agreement 60 60 40 cover the trading cards the cartoon and the movie i actually i could probably get on board with the card part yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 actually, I think we probably should do an episode about trading cards and include garbage bill kids. One of the more, that's probably one of the most depressing parts of losing my childhood was losing that card collection. I collected every series. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in for our multi part multiverse <laughs> of garbage bill <laughs> kids. Meanwhile, oh. parallel universe, us will be talking about what stocks you should invest in. Yeah. Tops. This has been Bonehead Weekly.